Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen. Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily thoughts and comedy from Broadway super fans. From Broadway super fans. It's Beth Level's birthday today. Happy fucking birthday, Beth Level, the queen of my life. Look, she's right there on my mantle. There she is. Framed photo. That photo is on the piano when we do a live show, which we haven't done in like a year. But (laughs) But I have it. It's up. Mm -hmm. No no sitting in a box for Beth Level's headshot. It's her headshot, which is a good headshot. Great headshot. I would like a new headshot only because we've lived with this headshot for quite a while. I just always want new beautiful pictures of Beth Level. I mean, absolutely. That'd be great. Yeah. Today is her birthday when we're recording. It's the day after her right, birthday, right, right. November 1st. Just mark it on your calendars. November 1st, Beth Lovell's birthday. It's a holiday mm-hmm. for all of us. We yep. can celebrate how exciting it is that we get to <sighs> live, live in, in a world with yeah. Beth Lovell. Oh my God, I was literally going to say live in a world. Oh my God. Because <laughs> she's the best. Because she's the shit. I love Beth Lovell so much. I want her to do great shows all the time. God, me too. I'm like... I'm a part of me is like sad that we didn't talk to her after the bandstand because I just always want to take advantage of any oh, opportunity yeah, absolutely. I can to talk to Beth Lovell. Because mm-hmm. the last time I spoke to her was at Tuck Everlasting, which was oh, almost right. a year ago. Yeah. I don't. Do you think I we mean, could get her to agree to like have lunch with us like every other month? <laughs> if she's not busy, because she works a lot. She does she work all, the all time. over the place. Yeah. You know, she yeah. takes the gig, so. You go, girl. <laughs> I want to be Beth Lovell's, like, personal ass- assistant. Oh. Slash, like, daughter. Oh. Or just, yeah. like, just, like. Because she has a son. You know. So it would be nice for right. her to have a daughter. Well, also, like, you know, I mean, not that she's, I don't think Beth Lovell rolls around with, like, her crew. <laughs> her entourage. Her squad. I want to, like, be in Beth Lovell's entourage. Oh, yeah. You know, where you just uh-huh. get to, like, hang out in their dressing room mm-hmm. and, like, eat all the free food and, like, be there for moral support. Yeah, and, like, make a funny one-liner every right? now and then that keep she it, laughs You know, to. you're just there for, like, yeah, keep you it know, light, keep it light, supportive. keep it fun, support, emotional support. Exactly. I'm an emotional support assistant. Like, yeah. an emotional support uh, dog. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. But I have uh like 20 years of um therapy um, oh, under yeah. my belt, mm-hmm. so I uh I got it that yeah. I got this. Yeah. That's my Perfect. pitch. All right, Beth, if you're listening to this, Emily's <laughs> available. Full time with benefits would be ideal, but yeah. you know, not necessary. <laughs> Last week we saw the beautiful Kate Baldwin. Kate Baldwin. And also the beautiful Erin Dilly yes. and the beautiful rest of the cast yeah. in Songbird. <laughs> yeah. It was great. 59E59. Is that how we say it? Yes. 59E59. Okay. I hate That's their it. address. I know that it's their address. Why do you hate it? I don't. It's uh, it's like clunky to say. I I I don't think it's clunky to I say. I would rather but I, say 59 East 59th. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. 59E59. I think it's weird to name <laughs> your theater company after your address because 
New York's like someday you'll probably yeah, move right? locations. They'll kick you out. Now I'm the way you just said it. Now I'm going to picture it in my head like fifty ninety fifty nine. That's fine. Yeah, that's how I'll remember how to say it. Remember like, when the they were 50, like 90, the ninety second Street Y in Tribeca, like uh, that shit. Fifty ninety fifty nine. Never leave your building. Yeah, I mean it's theirs. I don't. I mean maybe. In like 20 years. Well, it's because the 92nd Street Y is its own thing now. It's not like... I know, but I don't like it. Yeah, I know. It's confusing. I don't like it. I know. Oh, let's go to the 92nd Street Y in Trebekah. There's a Kipps Mm. Bay Y in Windsor Terrace. It's the same thing. That doesn't make any sense. I hate it. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, we saw Songbird. (laughs) I really liked it. It was good. It was funny because I forgot that it was based off of Chekhov. Right. So... I was like, during the first act, I was like annoyed with characters, getting annoyed with characters, Mm -hmm. being like, oh, I see where this is going. Yeah. (laughs) And then I was at intermission, I was like, oh, check off. Never mind. Yeah. No problems anymore. Yeah. Not that I'm not, not going to sit there and be like, oh, I thought it was super annoying that that old, you know, that 25 year old was hitting on that girl. It was gross and annoying. I didn't like it. I mean, he wasn't really hitting on her, but like. What are you? Why? Who was who? Who was doing what now? The producer, Kate Baldwin's boyfriend. Oh yeah. <laughs> How old was she supposed to be? The like so okay for those of you who don't know mm. Chekhov this this or this show Songbird it's based off of Chekhov's The Seagull which I didn't actually know either. Me either. I only have seen one Chekhov play, but I am aware of the. I don't the feeling of the overall feeling of I'm sure you have not and I don't think you would enjoy it's a lot of people making more who wrote enemy 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 of the people Ibsen okay who's that whatever Henrik Ibsen he's like like, he's like the Chekhov you know your history of Norway He's Scandinavian. Listen, I can't remember which country give two shits about dead white but he's yeah he's like the check. Oh well. All right. <laughs> Sorry about it. Shakespeare he is Norwegian. I was right. Good job, Patty. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that was there was a question about Ibsen on that Jeopardy test I took, and I couldn't remember his name. That's okay. I'll remember when I'm on the show. Yeah. Anyway. Everyone in Chekhov makes terrible decisions. Yeah, it's just like drama just, for drama's sake. Yeah. But it was the beginning of that sort of modern drama. Right, 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 so right. that's why it feels so familiar. Right. Well, yeah, it's tough when you're like, because I, right before I figured out that it was based off of Chekhov, I was like, I don't know. It's just really tropey. Yeah. Because like, he created that, the tropes. Yeah. So, you know, and I definitely like during the second act was sort of like, I'm just going to. I just accepted the fact that like all the characters were going to continue to make themselves more miserable and then that was just what was going to happen. Yeah. And that I should just focus on the beautiful set and the pretty costumes and the wonderful actors and the beautiful Mm -hmm. music. Well, and it was set in Nashville and I actually ran into Kate Baldwin on the street one day and we were talking about Songbird (laughs) and she told me a little bit about The Seagull where in that show... She's an established actress with an up-and-coming playwright and her son. Well, I don't know if that's still the same relationship, but right. the there's another, like, wannabe playwright and his muse actress. Right. In this version, it's 
modern day Nashville and Kate Baldwin plays a famous country singer a la Reba McIntyre. Reba McIntyre. It's a meme. Or I think Reba McIntyre is actually like a really nice yeah, generous Or like good Faith person. Hill or Shania Twain, right. that sort of thing with an, like a hot producer, mm. songwriter and her son is, is like a wannabe songwriter and he has his muse who's a wannabe singer. So I thought, especially because of how it's all just like bad decisions mm. and unnecessary drama, it was perfect for country music. Oh, yeah. Like this seemed like a, a modern update of a show that wasn't just done to do a modern update of Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Yes, I completely agree. Because a lot of times they'll be like, I have an idea. Let's do... Uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, but in space. And you're like, why? Yeah, we're like my. my I think I've mentioned this before, but <laughs> yeah. my my high school did. Um, oh right, Macbeth set in the Civil War South. Yeah, no clue. <laughs> Literally only in costumes and set design. But everything else was exactly the everything same. Everything else was exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm trying to remember who were the Yankees and who were the Southerners, Confederates. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Macbeth was Confederate and then Macduff was a Yankee. I, I've Just in costuming. I mean, it made no fucking sense. Right, right. <laughs> high school oh, high theater. School theater. <laughs> Why? Was your high school theater director like a frustrated former actor? Um, or were they like... Like a the, like a literature teacher who got thrown the theater department. I think he maybe when he was young he wanted to be an actor. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure a playwright or something like that. He was definitely like an old curmudgeon, mm. you know. But like a great, he was a pretty good theater teacher. Yeah, he was cool and sort of like we just kind of just did whatever the fuck we wanted. Um, but yeah, you know, Mister Klein from Bellevue High School. <laughs> Um, I think we did everything straight for all of our shows were straightforward. Straight we didn't get do anything fancy to them, I don't think. That was the only one. Yeah. I don't know why, That's man. interesting. Interesting. Anyway, Kate Baldwin. Anyway, Kate Baldwin. I mean country music. <gasps> so fantastic. I mean, I honestly like, besides whatever, thinking being mad at the characters for not making better choices with their life, I literally loved everything yeah. about this show. I yeah. thought it was wonderful. I want to see it again. The music was so good. Cast mm. recording, please now. All the costumes were so good. Aaron mm-hmm. Dilly was so sexy and so great and so funny. And like it was all wonderful. Casey Sheik was fantastic. I probably saw her in hair, but don't really remember. Um, but I fucking loved her. Mm. I want to know if her speaking voice in this show is what her actual speaking voice is, or if that's a character voice she put on. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it all. The whole cast was great. It was very well, well cast. Yes, absolutely. It was great. Effie Ardema, I think. Yeah. Her name has two A's at the beginning. Mm -hmm. She played the up and coming wannabe singer. Yeah. May. Me, Mia. 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 There's, she was Mia, Mia and, and Casey Missy. was Missy. Uh, yeah. I thought, I <laughs> but she was great and she sort names. of had a, like a good wide eyed. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I was like, you're fantastic at playing the ingenue. I hate yeah. ingenues, but you're fantastic. Right. But because it was Chekhov, she also was like, had a dark side, <laughs> like had issues also. I mean, yeah. 
She was no Disney princess. It's weird. You know what I thought was before I realized it was Chekhov. Mm-hmm. I thought like the way that they when I realized that he was going to kill himself and I thought he was going to die. Very, very old, old spoiler, spoiler alert. Um, I was like, I don't like the way this show is handling mental illness. Mm. It is not appropriate and it is bad. Poor form. <laughs> Um, we know a lot more now, but Adam Cochran, that's who played her son, who, again, a spoiler alert, tries to kill himself. And then at the end of the show, tries again. I guess it's not confirmed, at least in this version, what happens. Right. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Check off. But also everyone in this cast is like multi-talented and they all played instruments. I did have a moment where I was like, see John Doyle, this is when I like this. Well, because it's diegetic. They're meant to be playing the instruments. They're not like they're playing. I'm a country singer playing a country song. I mean, the most recent thing I saw was I saw Allegro last season. Right. And I'm like, yeah. Well, and there's a, a time and a place that it looks good and makes sense. Right. And, and in, I haven't seen companies, so don't, whatever. Right. I didn't, haven't seen any of those John Doyle shows where they play their own instruments. Um, but again, in a similar sort of situation to Once also, mm-hmm. but less, that was even more like avant-garde. This was right. really straight up. It just felt. We're playing instruments. It felt really We're authentic. having a jam. It yeah. just felt really real. <laughs> um, yeah. Although I, I. I want to say I'm so sorry for your loss because there was a banjo on the wall. I know. Nobody played the fucking banjo. Nobody ever played the banjo. What the hell is that? (laughs) I knew you were going to be so angry about that. What the hell is that? It was like banjo blue balls. I'm so sorry, Patty. I know. I love a banjo too. (sighs) Andy Taylor breaking out his cello again, speaking of once. Yeah, I liked his mustache. He was great. He was fantastic. Perfect. Yeah. That's the kind of like... I don't know, dramatic Chekhovian sadness that I'm like, I can understand that a little bit better than like the overwrought drama right. of the rest of it. Well, yeah, like someone, his character who's like, you know, you just do what you, you this is what your life mm-hmm. is and you make the best of it and you just accept what you have and you try to be as happy as you can. Yeah. And, you know, you just ignore the fact that your wife is having an affair and you're sort of like, that's sad, but I, you know, whatever. On some level. You kind of get it on some level. You're, you know. Yeah. But the thing that's insufferable is fucking white dudes who are like, I know I've had all this great success, but if I'm not the greatest of all time, it's all for nothing and I'm a garbage human. Well, I think... White men were saying that in that show, but I think it's also like a an arts issue yeah, of commercial versus art that, you know, it's a hard thing. But I don't even, well, I understand the, what you're saying, commercial mm-hmm. versus art, but I think what was happening in this show and what, the thing that really, really pissed me off about mm-hmm. it is that he wasn't even like, I want to have some really amazing art that like only a few people love and it's mm-hmm. gross that I've sold so many records. Right. He wanted he like, everyone want, to love his he art. He wanted to be the person that a yeah. hundred years no, that's from true. now everyone was like, he was the greatest of all time. Well, and what's frustrating about that is that he had like one song that was weird, but fine. Uh, at least that's what, what we were supposed to think is the audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't, which song? A, a, his first song that Kate Baldwin is heckling through. 
It's not a country song. Oh, I it's was not like ta- a I'm sorry. Bad song. I wasn't talking about the oh. sun. I was talking oh. about the music producer who was like, oh, I thought the blah, sun blah, was blah, blah. They're still going to be like, he's no Johnny. Well, like, come the fuck on. I thought the sun was worse. I thought they were, yeah, well, they were both pretty bad. Because at least he was like, but I'm still, like, I'm still doing what I have to do I and mean, making money. I don't know that I could choose who was worse. They were both <laughs> awful, but it really, really, really fucking drove mm. me crazy that he was like, he, he was the guy who was like, you know, like, she was like, that's my favorite song. I love your music. Right. It, it touched me. And he was like, you must be dumb. Yeah. And it's like, fuck you. Which she, you know, she called him out on that. Yeah, that's true. She did call him out on that. And like, it didn't change him as a human. But it was good to hear her say, hey, you know, there's a reason that people are responding to it. A lot of people write a lot of songs and they aren't all hits. And some of them are because of the sound and not the lyrics, but you still contributed to the sound. And there's a reason that that's great. And uh, this is also, that part was really frustrating for me too as someone who has loved pop music for a very long time and frequently got that like in high school from like dicks who were like, I love uh, uh, Tom Waits. And I'm like, really? Oh, I fucking hate Tom Waits. I can't stand to hear that guy's voice. And I'll say this about- He's a rapist. (laughs) That's what I've always thought. I had a coworker once who was obsessed with Tom Waits and would play Tom Waits through the whole shift and used to drive me crazy. Uh, and I was just like, funny. this guy just sounds like a dude that's like raped. Listen, people. and I'm not, I'm not going to shy away from the fact that I think um, Bob Dylan is a great poet and a great songwriter and that's where his greatness stops. Mm. Shut up. <laughs> and don't sing. And let Kelly Clarkson sing to make you feel my love. Because yeah. that's all we want to hear. Yeah. Or Garth Brooks. I love Garth Brooks. <laughs> Is Bob Dylan still alive? He is still alive. I always think he's dead, but he is still alive. He's still alive. Yeah. I don't know. His music's okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. The music is good, but I don't want to hear him. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) The times, they are changing. Yeah. Be quiet, Bob. (laughs) Johnny Cash, I can get behind. I don't know Hank Williams that well. Me either. I like some Johnny I also, I thought it was really funny in this show that they only called people by their first names. She mentioned Carrie, who is Carrie Underwood. Uh, Kate Baldwin did. Mia mentioned Taylor, who is Taylor Swift, who's not even doing country music anymore. But that that amused me. No, yeah, I liked that. I liked that because it's... It's like an insular community, we're supposed to think. Everybody knows who everybody's talking about, which is true. Exactly. Right. It's like yeah. when we talk about Broadway. SJB. Right. When we talk about Broadway yeah. actors, we yeah. have a lot of short forms for yeah. them. And we know, exactly. we can say first names yeah. and know who we're talking about. I can about. say Kazoo and you know who I'm talking you about. know who you're talking about. Yeah. Kate anyway, Baldwin is wonderful. The Definitely cast go was see great. The show. Music by Lauren Pritchard, yeah. who was Ilsa in the original cast Ilsa. of <laughs> Mort Stiefel of <laughs> Spring Awakening. Yeah. And I'm so happy she's made this musical because oh, her yeah. music's great. I definitely want to see it again. It was yeah. fantastic. Uh, it's at 5959. 59 Exactly. Uh. A few weeks ago, I saw King Charles III. How was it? Which opens tonight, November 1st, on the Broadway. 
I really enjoyed it. I will say you made the right decision in not seeing mm-hmm. it because mm-hmm. I think you would have been bored. Yeah. I don't think you would have thought it was good or bad. You just would have been bored. I would have been like, this is not for me. Right. I'm glad that I, I'm starting to realize yeah. when I can just be like, you know what? Not for me. Yeah. I'm not going to bother. Yeah. Because also then you're not, I don't mean this, that's funny. I don't mean this in a negative way about you, but then you're not bringing your negativity to the situation when you could have just been like, I'm not, I'm not going to like this. I'm pretty sure right off the bat. Right. And I feel like on the general, I'm pretty good about when a show I don't think is necessarily bad, but just not for me. I'm pretty good at saying that to people. But still. But you still want to see it because your initial reaction is, I want to see everything. But learning that that's not necessarily the case. But so King Charles III is, for those of you who are interested in seeing it, (laughs) is uh, it's the theoretical future of when... Queen Elizabeth the first, the second Queen Elizabeth the first. Queen Elizabeth the second dies, and Charles becomes king. What year is taking place in? Um, they don't give an sort of like the not too distant future. Yeah, not too distant future. The crux of his reign is over a piece of legislation about the. I don't know if you paid any attention to this, but there were those like phone hacks by Rupert Murdoch's company. Who's he's evil, evil human garbage. Yeah. And so this piece of legislation passes or is about to pass. And this is something I learned from the show. The monarch signs off on legislation in the way that the president does, but historically they just do it because they're a a figure. Do they have a veto power? They can refuse to sign it. But nobody really ever does because they're not elected. Right. And the people elected the parliament Mm. to vote on their behalf. So this bill passes, which will restrict um, the ability uh, of people to get their hands on public records or something. Mm. uh, And the king is concerned that it hinders the freedom of the press Ah. and refuses to sign it. And it turns into this whole like Hmm. thing. It's very interesting. It's, less political than it sounds because that's sort of like the setup. Right. But the other reason why I think you would think it was boring is because it's also set up as if it's a Shakespearean drama. (laughs) Oh, gosh. But done in a satirical way. Okay. But is it in an iambic (laughs) pentameter? It's not in iambic pentameter. It's not in rhyme. And it's in... um, It's in like modern English, but it is written in a way... That sounds as if someone writing in modern English were writing a Shakespeare play. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like instead of saying like, what are you doing here? They would be like, why have you come to me this day Uh, to sit in my presence? So it's like Shakespeare, but in a way that I could actually understand it. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. And there's like beats in it that you see that are very specifically like hitting the Shakespeare tropes. Like there's a Diana mm. ghost. Uh-huh. She's not like, yeah, it's supposed to be funny. It's not necessarily supposed to be right. spooky right. or, or anything like that. Um, and you're like, Oh, I see what you're doing there. And there, so uh. there's like beats. So if you like that kind of theater, it's interesting to watch, um, a sort of take on that also in a modern context. Right. And it was interesting to see these actors play real life people. Right. The actors playing William and Harry were fantastic. Oliver Chris played William. 
Richard Goulding played Harry. Cool. Oliver Christ, I know from One Man Two Governors. One Man Two Governors. And he was also on the British Office and other things. I don't know. He's done his bio. He has very amusing bio. That's like was this a transfer? TV lots. Things TV like lots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a transfer. Uh. It's the mm, London Theater or something like that. Cool. Royal. Royal something, something. I wonder how it plays to an American audience as opposed to a British audience. That is another Curious. thing. I wonder what's funny to a British audience that like just goes over our heads. Right. And I wonder how well it will do because even though, I mean, I think in the New York crowd and being a play, it will actually probably do well. Right. Because those are the people who are already going to see plays who may right. or may not be intellectually interested in this, unfortunately. Mm. Because we want plays to be for all people. Mm-hmm. It was good. The cast was really good. Um, who played? I think you would have really liked Kate. Because she's sort of, like I said, a sh- you know, it's a play in Shakespeare. She's not really Lady M because she's not evil. But she's part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. She is like, William, your dad is ruining the monarchy right now. And if you want it to continue and you want to be king and you want our son to be king you got to fix this and he's like oh, I don't, i'm very you know yeah. i'm sorry I'm just, just it's not my place you know and she's like get it together dude yeah i yeah. get that yeah uh it was interesting if it sounds like it's something you would want to see i say go see it it's a really cool production how are the costumes the costumes are fine <laughs> Because they're wearing like regular clothes. Oh, There's no like big balls. Based or on the anything. artwork, I would assume that someone was wearing that crazy king garb. No. Bummer. Uh, I mean, there's a coronation scene. So I guess they wear some pretty spectacular. Uh, How is the set? The set is sparse, but it works very well. Okay. Yeah. And there's like, uh, again, in the manner of Shakespeare, there's like uh, some Latin singing. Like they all sort of act as a mm. an actual chorus. It opens with that because it's the queen's funeral. Uh, it's cool. The woman playing. Wait, let me find what her name is. The woman playing Camilla, Margot Leister, is fantastic. Yeah, she's really great. Cool. Yeah, you go, girl. She's fantastic. It's just they are very kind to her in a way that I feel like you could easily make fun of Camilla. Mm. Um, but she's like. Standing with her husband, but isn't like just blindly being like, he's perfect. It's fine. Right. You know what I mean? There's right. like a yeah. complexity to her, which is nice. Awesome. Yeah. So that is playing till January 31st at the Music Box Theater. Cool. So you should go see it if you want to. And Future you, history play. If you don't want to, it's fine. It's cool. I was going to say, it's probably also, uh, there are probably more beats of Shakespeare's histories, but I've never actually seen a, mm. a Shakespeare history, so I don't know. I've only seen the dramas or the comedies. Right. So there might be things in there that I completely missed. Right. That were Richard the Third and Richard, Henry yeah. the Eighth. I don't think he did Henry the Fifth. I think. Oh. I don't know. There's uh, like... Henry the Eighth is the one that killed all the wives. Yeah. The other event that we went to this week was... Uh, the book launch for Seth Rudetsky's Seth's Broadway Diary, Volume 2. Wow, you got it. You got I all got the words it. in there. Woo. Well done. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was, uh, I think it was, I think I've been to Don't Tell Mamas. I think I went there once, mm. like, within the, 
the first six months that I had moved ah. to New York City. So I have like a very, very I I like barely remember like being in that room, but I think I was oh. there once. Um but yeah, that so that was kind of nice to go to Don't Tell Mamas and be like, ah, this is what Don't Tell Mamas is. Yeah, I've never been there actually. Yeah. I feel like they tend to be not t- saying you shouldn't go to this establishment, mm. but a little pricier than the average cabaret show. So I usually shy away from, from them. I guess I don't really know their pricing maybe that's structure. Just in my head. I think I that's know. just in your head. I, I mostly, I can't think of many times when something has come up there that I've heard about that I've been like, oh, mm. I should go to that. Besides like Seth. Right. Seth does his Chatterbox. His Chatterbox every week, which I've one billion times well, been like, sure. I'm going to go to that. And then <laughs> yeah. like not because it's like in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's not like in the evening right. and like whatever. And it and, happens you know. every week. So, you it know, you can every week go. and you're like, oh, there's always great people. And there's so always, it's like, yeah, yeah. If I, I go no now, excuses. I want to go every week. Right, right, which right. Which is kind of part of the problem. Right. Because like, now totally. that we went to Runs a Minute, we literally have to go to every Runs, every runs a Minute because it's the best. Right, if I go right. to Seth's Chatterbox, yeah. am I just never going to be able to not go to Seth's I know. Chatterbox? I know. I know. And it's like going going to like Marty's show at Therapy. Right. Now I'm like, uh. Yeah, Marty Cummings. Yeah, Marty Cummings. Marty Gould Cummings. Yes. Yeah. Show at Therapy G. on uh, Monday nights at mm-hmm. 10 o'clock. It's great. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think my, my <laughs> perception of Don't Tell Mama is that it's just one of those cabaret venues that has shitty drinks and that's all they have to offer. But that's like so many cabaret well, places. Right. But that's also it's my perception like and I didn't have a drink. Going to a cabaret right, show. Right, 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 right. Anyway. Which, do you know who we have to thank for the two drink minimum? Who? Um, Polly Shore's mom, Mitzi Shore, who the owned fuck? the comedy store. I was reading this article on BuzzFeed. I don't know if it translated to cabaret sh- venues, but it makes sense to me. Comedy venues. Um, she opened the Comedy Store in L.A., which is uh-huh. a very famous uh, stand-up club, at, before, like, all of the improvs and the comics, mm. all of those other clubs have, like, franchises all over the country before those existed. And she started the two-drink minimum. Bitch. I mean, and again, gotta I, make that money, I honey. can't imagine that that didn't translate to cabaret. Right. But what I was reading, it only said that comedy. she started in comedy clubs, but it's right. the same principle. Sure. Yeah. Um, but isn't uh, well? It's funny, you know. The two the two drink minimum is an interesting because it's interesting because you're like, oh, like you're paying less for your ticket. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, sure. you're only paying a, a certain amount for the door, so it feels like it's cheaper. But then you have to pay for things, and it's just frustrating when a now as a person who literally doesn't drink at all. Back when I mm-hmm. drank some, like it was like, okay, I guess when yeah. I'm gonna I gotta have a drink or something, and I would have like right. maybe one alcoholic drink and then a soda for my yeah. second. And now it's like, I don't drink soda. Right. I literally don't drink anything that they serve. <laughs> and I don't buy bottled water. So there's right. nothing for me there. So now I'm like, can you just charge me the minimum? Right. And I'll pay for it. And, tip and I'll you tip you. Yeah. I just don't bring me anything because I won't consume right. it. And it's a waste. Yeah. But that's just me being a, a nerd. I wouldn't call that being a nerd. I don't know what but to call it. No, a I hippie. I mean, it's not really because... The bottled water thing, although I agree with you, maybe on the hippie end, but I think that's a realistic thing for people to not A, drink alcohol or B, drink soda. Right. You could get hot tea. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like tea. (laughs) You don't. Oh my God. All right. Now 
now you're being ridiculous. And you stopped drinking coffee. Well, I got Well, I'm back on coffee, but I don't drink coffee at night. Oh, sure. Anyway, this has been fascinating. (laughs) I mean, I think... Now that you all know our review of Don't Tell Mama the Venue. (laughs) Let's talk about (laughs) the actual show that we went to see Which was so much fucking fun. It It was was awesome. It was really... It was so fun to like... It was, you know, it's a small room. It's an intimate room. It was an intimate crowd because it was just sort of like a handful of... Like I felt like press one, and one yeah, press and industry. I think there was like one one non press right. person there only because she looked as confused as we did when the show was over and nobody brought us a bill. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming she was anyway. Whatever. <laughs> it was it was a fun ex- it was a fun, funny experience. Yeah. And I, all of the it was great. Seth knows all the best people Ugh. and gets them to do things know, for him. And we it's were wonderful. all in a tiny room with them. It was fantastic. So the book itself is a collection of his Playbill columns. Mm. And it's obviously volume two of this. So he's volume one. And for this show, he invited some of the people who he wrote his columns about to sort of, uh, they they would do, re- they did readings of them and they uh, like either read their in. own quotes, yeah. yeah, yeah, chimed in, read their own quotes, or just added. To, you know, they, this is a little bit. Oh, it was, it was so funny. It was great. And the people: Chris Sieber, mm-hmm. Stephanie J. Block, Anna Gasteyer, Mandy Gonzalez, Jackie Hoffman. Yeah, it was fantastic. I also just really enjoyed sitting on the other side of the room from Jackie Hoffman. Oh, sure. And I was watching her a bit, like before the show started. I just watched her use her cell phone for like two minutes. Jackie, it was great. It was so. I tried to take a picture of her using her phone. Oh, that's because she was like doing that thing where she was looking over the top of her glasses mm-hmm. and like holding it and poking at it, like she wasn't quite oh, sure what so it was. Funny. It's great because like she, I adore her. She's so amazing and so she's so fucking hilarious mm-hmm. and like. I feel like she, if you didn't know who she was and what she was all about, like you could watch her using herself on the way she was that I was watching her and being like, that lady has no idea what she's doing. Well, she's probably tweeting the funniest fucking thing yeah. you've ever heard right now. Yeah. God, and I love she her. also sang an original because she, I don't know oh. if you guys know, she writes music. She does a lot of cabaret shows. Uh, so she has one. I don't know if she has one coming up, but like... Oh, my God. If she has one of her holiday shows coming up, we have to go. She does a holiday show often, not every year, but but a lot of the time, a lot of the holiday season. And if she's ever doing a show Mm. and you hear about it, go see it. Go see it. Because she's hilarious. Oh, my God. She's so funny. I was bummed, though, that that was the only song that was performed. Me, too. I I would have expected there to be more songs. I mean, everyone was hilarious. But, you know, when you... We did get Steph J. Block to sing Defying Gravity. That's true. That's true. That was exciting. That was epic. Yeah. That was She told wonderful. a story about how when Shoshana Bean took over the Broadway role, or when she was cast as a standby. Um, it was when she was auditioning for it. Okay. Because it was before... Right. It was before, like, anything had happened oh, because right, 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 there right. was no recorded... I'm expert here. Shoshana. Right. I'd heard this story <laughs> yeah, before. Because <laughs> when she started it, you said, I love this story. I know. God. <laughs> oh, shoot me. Um, it's a great story, though. It is. Um, I had heard it. Shoshana Bean told it, like, in concert one time or something like that. Um, but, yeah, it's like... It was before, it was like way, way, way back. Maybe maybe Wicked had been in San Francisco, maybe. But there was no recordings available. And Shoshana Bean was auditioning for Wicked and didn't 
was like looking at the sheet music. I was like, I don't know how this fucking song works. Yeah. And called Stephanie and was like, left her a message being like, hey girl, like I'm trying to figure this song out. Like, would you maybe like give me a idea of the melody or something? And Stephanie like got the message in the middle of the day while she was like, you know, doing, doing her thing around mm-hmm. Manhattan, running her errands, going to auditions or something like that. And decided to call her back and record on Shoshana Bean's voicemail the entirety of the entire yeah. song, fully belted, just like standing on yeah, the full street. Out. Full, full out. out. She sang the whole song full she out. She said like corner of 52nd and 8th. Yeah. And just Ugh. going for it. Oh, Ugh. so hilarious. Right by the cosmic dime. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope, I hope Shoshana kept that voicemail. I mean, yeah. Right. She should like release it as a single. God, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But that was fun. Having then Stephanie reenacted that experience oh, yeah. and sang and it. And she told and us it, to be New York. Oh god, it was People amazing. Were like and everyone was her. like, "Shh, no, just sing." I know. And she was like, "Come on, come on, come on, yell things at me." No, and we're like, "Shh, sing. perfect, sing." We just want to hear you sing, lady. Sing, sing, my <laughs> angel of music. No, rapist, oh, get I'm away sorry. from me. Oh. Um. It was, it was, yeah, it was really fun though. It was awesome. Chris, a great time. Um, Christopher Jackson showed up mm-hmm. and was just like chilling. And hung out. He hung out. And, and then, then he left. Yeah. And then he had to go do his show. Yeah. But Mandy Gonzalez and Andrea Burns also participated. So it was just a it was so much mini fun. in the yeah. Heights reunion. Yeah. Andrea Burns is great. Oh God. I love her. She's I so love great. Andrea Burns. Ugh. I love all those humans. She told a really good story about Tommy Toon dismissing her from <gasps> uh, an, an audition. <laughs> that, yo. Hey, yeah. man, it just goes to show just because you had a really crappy yeah. audition in front of Tommy fucking Toon. Andrea Tune. Burns right. later in life. Right, right. Yeah. Never, never take no never for an give answer. Up. Keep, keep going. Keep yeah. living those dreams. Yeah, dream your dreams, kids. Yeah. Ugh. But you should get Seth's book, volume one and volume two. Yeah. Which are available. Probably on the internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On his website and stuff, too. <laughs> yep. Uh, booksellers? Booksellers. Do still exist? Are there booksellers still? <sighs> there are. They're just online. But you should get them because Seth Rudetsky is the Oh, best. he's the best. He's great. And, like, you know, if you go see shows a lot, you have his columns in your playbills, mm. but, like, here... I don't it, also I don't because there's so many it's like yeah I don't well I try to I usually you know. I if I'm seeing a lot of theater that month I feel like I usually end up reading well, every sure, single article because I see it so many <laughs> yeah. I'm like oh I guess like, I'll, oh, I'll read like one on right, right right um but yeah some of the older ones that I had never read or something like mm-hmm. that and then you get like these fantastic anecdotes that like yeah. you're just like like one of my favorite Seth anecdotes that you've probably read or heard of there was a time when he was like playing for Audrey McDonald at like a concert. This is like way back, mm-hmm. like in college times okay. or right after college or before college or something like that. <laughs> and they were like, you know, he had like had an argument with her before about like what key was going to be in or something like that. And then Seth being Seth, like just made, I don't know music words. Right. He like made it go higher. Right. While, and she, and she was like, like giving him the eye being uh, like fuck you but then she was like whatever i have to sing this uh, <laughs> and then i think like, afterwards she like slapped him or something but he was like oh you sounded amazing geez. and i'm sure she did 
That, listen, I love Seth Rudetsky. That's a really shitty accomplice. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think there was also a lot more details to the story sure, that I sure, left sure, out sure, that sure. probably made it less dickish. Yeah. Um, but that's all I remember. No, I know him and I know... You he know, wouldn't like throw no, someone under no, exactly, the bus, but he was exactly. basically like, Audrey McDonald, you can sing this. And she was like, mm, I don't know. And he was like, why don't we just do it? And she was like, no. And then he's like, I'm going to force you because <laughs> I know you can. <laughs> oh, he's great. Yeah. Go get his books. Mm. In other news, we have a new <sighs> potential bio musical on the our most hands. most important one. The most important one. Yeah. A share bio musical. I'm so excited. Wait, so is this, um, um, is it going to be a share jukebox bio musical or an original music? I believe it's a jukebox bio musical. Although I wouldn't be surprised if we, if she threw in some original ones, because it's also her working on it. It's not like somebody else, like, you know, Carol King gave right, her, right. her blessing and was along for the process, but didn't have her hand in it. Yeah. So this Playbill article says that, it will incorporate songs from her career and three different actresses are set to mm. play her in different stages of her life. Exciting. Young Cher through her Sonny and Cher years uh, and then in the Believe tour, so yes. her like resurgence in the 90s and then her current post um, burlesque <laughs> Cher, I don't know. Oh, God. Are they just going to get a drag queen to play current day share? Well, yeah, it should be um, Chad Michaels, yeah. right? I mean, who else would it be? Right. Who else can look like Cher? I don't now? know. I mean, are we... Well, and am I wrong? Cher is is half-breed... She is half-Native yeah, American. Yeah, she is, right? Yeah. Um, so is that what we're going to look for? Do we have three? I'm sure we don't, and I'm sure right. they won't bother well, looking. We, I'm sure we do, but I'm sure they're difficult to find. Right. And I don't know that they'll put that work in. Right. You know? Ew, that means that we're going to have white people singing half-breed. Well, hopefully, if if it is a white person, they will, it just won't be in there. But that'll be Cher working on it, so hmm. I don't know. That's tough. Because, yeah. like, the problem with Cher is that she's great. <laughs> but she also, there's a lot of stuff that you would think she would understand that she doesn't. Oh, absolutely. She had a lot of problems with Chaz. She had a lot of problems with Chaz being a lesbian and then Chaz well, being right. trans. Like, she had a lot of issues. Like, yeah. And I think, I mean, from the pieces from her that I've read, I think a lot of that, like, wasn't necessarily coming from a homophobic or transphobic place, but was initially coming from her like place where you're, when you're a famous person, your relationships with your children are really fucked up. Oh, sure. And that she like, cause I, I read some interview with her where she talked about it and she was like, I was the last one to know both mm. times. I was the last one to know my child didn't come to me and didn't tell me. So it was sort of like a selfish famous person being like, why am I not the most important person in the room oh. all the time? I should be the first person to know everything and not necessarily like you're wrong for being gay or right. wrong for wanting to trans, but like, like whatever, but issues, just it's coming across like her issue was with, Chaz first coming out as a lesbian, then coming out as trans, but it was really about Cher. <laughs> right. About Cher being like, pay all the attention to me and yeah. always, I should be the first person to always know everything. Yeah. And from anyone that, you know, has parents, 
you know that uh, sometimes it's a lot easier to tell other people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah. A lot of the time but it's easier to talk to. But sometimes you deal with that. So you're like juggling. If they find out, I'm going to tell you, but you can't tell. You can't let it get back to like if I told right, my sister right. something. You can't let it get back right. to mom and dad until I tell them. Because right. I wanted to let you know, but I know that I've had like, you know, or my mom yeah. would be like, oh, I heard from one of your sisters about this thing. And you're like, dude, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think from my interpretation, I think it's like one of those situations where because of the media and the press, Cher was basically just like, hey, I did not realize I wasn't as close to my child as I thought I was. Whoops. (sighs) Well, and she also has like a fuck you attitude, which is good, but then at times like that can lead her to sounding like she is uncaring. Yes. Like where this, it could be more like, I'm focusing on this right now, even though you need to take all things into consideration, including finding actresses with some sort of native background but her like like fuck off i'm working on my musical attitude can right you know which yeah because i feel like it's a sort of thing that if if you know let's say that they uh, are doing casting and we post Mm -hmm. we see casting notices posted that are not indicating they're looking for any one of native american descent And we're, like, making a fuss about it. I feel like her Twitter feed would just be like, fuck off, motherfuckers. Leave me alone. Yeah. And that I think she just, I love her so much, but I think there's just a lot of stuff that she doesn't understand and that sort of just goes over her head. And she's just like, what? Whatever. I'm busy being Cher. Right, right, right. Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, so we'll see. I think it's going to be a hell of a show regardless of Listen, (laughs) Cher's last show, Cher's last tour was wonderful. All shade. I'm excited to hear someone actually sing Cher's songs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be fun. I wonder if they'll add to the mic, like, because you can put through, it's not to the mic, but like through the mixing board for Believe. If they'll do the Believe. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to. It doesn't sound right I, without the I mean, the no, auto-tune. I'm behind it. I'm fine with that because yeah. that's the effect that needs to happen. Um, that wasn't like a... No, that's no, no, yeah, no. that's what they that can song do that. Like they could definitely do that. I got into an argument kind of with someone once because it was I someone was saying that ever they were like, well, we have the technology, everything should be auto tuned. No, it should not. And I was like, go no, that's wrong. No, and he was like, no, like why? Why wouldn't we do that? Like it's great. It's such an awesome asset. And I was like, no, it's not. No, it's uh, not. Who's this person? It was like a customer at the I'm coffee shop who worked in like him. who worked in mu- music, but worked in like you know. Like rock bands and stuff like that, or well, something. rock like, bands, especially. That I don't remember. I just I was like, them. "You can't." I hate you. I want you. You're wrong, and you need there's, to go away immediately. There's like a difference between using auto tune and believe, or like as T Pain used auto tune mm-hmm. and using auto tune like Britney Spears to right. make you actually hit notes. Right. 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 Yes. I know. I know. I know. I know. Anyway, I love Cher. Every time I've ever seen Cher, it's been wonderful. What made you angry? Nothing made me angry about Glee. Well, that's not true. A lot of things made me angry. Oh, the auto tuning on Glee. Like then the auto tuning on Glee, where I'm like, you have Jonathan Groff, who has like such character in his voice. Mm -hmm. And like, if you played me the tracks that he sang on Glee, I would never know that it's Jonathan Groff. Absolutely. You can't do that. You can't 
take the sound out of right. someone's voice. There's that recording of Jekyll and Hyde with Kara Lee on it, and I it doesn't sound like Kara Lee at all. Well, yeah, Frank Wildhorn. We love Frank Wildhorn, mm. but one of the things we take issue with is his, his love, love of auto-tune. He loves it. Yeah, it's not good. Which is strange because the women that he works with already have, have such the best fucking voices. A, the best voices, but such distinct voices. Right. Well, so the that doesn't that make I, any sense. The thing that I think is interesting and maybe is why he uses autotune so much is because so much of his career, he's worked with Linda Etter recording. And Linda's voice does hold up in yeah. in autotune. And that's why it's so yeah. bizarre to listen to In His Eyes with Carolee and Linda where you're like, who is this other lady that's singing with Linda mm-hmm. Edder? Doesn't sound like Carolee. Like, yeah. Linda's voice still sounds like Linda. And when you put autotune mm-hmm. on Carolee, it sounds like nobody. So strange. Yeah. No to autotune. Just no. say no. Just say no to autotune. Autotune, bad. You know what we should also say no to? What? Non-equity tour. I know, I, sir. Listen, no, ma'am. I no was, way. I don't. I don't know why I had this feeling, but I did. I saw a link to a Playbill article about the Ragtime tour, and I thought, "All right, I forgot that was happening because that that revival was in two thousand nine. Yeah, so, like now, ago. quite a while ago." And I thought, like, I remembered hearing rumblings of it, and it's not the exact same production, but it is being directed by. Uh, Marsha Milgram Dodge, mm. who directed that revival, the 09 revival. And something clicked in me, and I was like, I need to investigate this. I don't know why, but I was right in that it is a non equity production. It's gross. And it is predominantly about the labor movement. I know. It's like Ugh. Newsies doing a non equity uh, tour. And you're like, what? Uh, or like so all white people doing hairspray. Oh, I see. I was like, I didn't see the parallel, but I see the parallel because that's what the show is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so frustrating. Bullshit. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. How could you... How... What Emma Goldman is like, fuck you guys. Yeah, yeah. And I think before that, Ask If It's Equity tweeted something that was also frustrating to me. Not not from their end, but from um, how awful people's are. Mm. And because they... We're like, make sure the show you're seeing that's being billed as Broadway is like of Broadway quality or something. Uh And I was like, also, I retweeted from us that you may have seen also, you know, make sure that the actors are being compensated compensated appropriately. Right. It's not about quality. That's not the issue we take with the non-equity tour. It's not because, oh, you shouldn't see it because it's not going to be up to standard. Don't go see it because the people who are in it are being exploited. Well, and what's frustrating to me about that is that the way you're going to get people to hear you is by telling them how it affects them, not the people in the show. You're going to say, oh, you're paying full price for a show that's not actually Broadway quality. And so again, ask if it's equity is doing what it needs to do. Right. Um, I don't think those people are following them on Twitter, but (laughs) bummer, (laughs) but it just bummed me out that like, yeah, I, it's frustrating that that's the angle that needs to be used because wouldn't you also want to know that the people who are putting on your show aren't, are making more than like $300 Mm -hmm. a week Mm -hmm. and having to like, if you paid like $150 for your ticket, I mean, I guess top Broadway tickets on the tour is more like a hundred dollars. Yeah. 
But still, you paid a hundred dollars for your. But there's also a seat, million, and there's seats so many, the and theater. there's like five thousand seats or three thousand seats, and you think that the actors on the like twenty actors on stage should only be making three hundred dollars a week. Like they're making like minimum or less. Well, yeah, because they also have to do travel, also travel that they don't get paid for. They have to do press opportunities, mm-hmm. which may or may not be included in their contract. So they might get paid for some of them and right. not for others. And yeah, it's, it's all sorts so, of nonsense. It's really bad. It's real, real bad. So as much as I love ragtime and as much as it pains me to say this, don't go see that tour. Don't go see it. Non-equity, not okay. The other thing is ragtime is done all over the place, all yeah. the time. So go see a regional or a community theater production mm-hmm. of it, but make sure there's black people in it. Yes. Oh, God. <sighs> Yikes. <laughs> On a higher note, a happier note, rather, we have cast recording updates. Clinton the Musical was released on Friday. Oh, my God. I need to download it. I know. Oh. I know. I know. Digitally. Hmm. I, I think there will be a physical album. Um, that's usually the way it goes, but right. these days it's released digitally first. And first daughter suite is oh, going to be recorded. Fantastic, wonderful. At the public. I'm going to try and see that this week. Yeah, that cast is in insanity. Oh, in Mary Testa, insanity. Mary Testa, uh, Rachel Bay Jones. Oh, I love Rachel Bay Jones. Barbara Walsh. Yeah. Betsy Morgan. Oh, yeah, Betsy Morgan. Cassie Levy. Casey. Casey Levy. <laughs> Ugh, there's like too many eyes in her name and it's confusing. I can't remember. Oh, 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 Allison Frazier. <gasps> I love Allison Frazier. Oh, I mean, it's just, it's <gasps> really great. So those are exciting and we're all about cast recording. So everyone should go out and buy them. Yep. I sure am. Yeah. So we got sent a dream cast, which, you know, we were gone for a while and, uh, I don't know that we've gotten one in a while, so Mm -hmm. I I thought this one was really interesting. So this is from, on Twitter, at Great B-Way Fan, Luke, a frequent contributor and correspondent, and he dreamcast a revival of The Drowsy Chaperone. I love The Drowsy Chaperone. I'm just peeking at this list, and it looks really good. It's really good. I would say 90% of it is, like, top-notch. So for The Man in the Chair... Seth Rudetsky. Brilliant. Which is like perfect. Perfect casting. He is the man in the chair. I mean, he's less sad because he has right, a family. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, he's not as sad, but he's perfect yeah. for that. Yeah. That's my only musical theater dream role. Mm, you so, would be great as... the only one I could play. person in chair. Person in chair. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought this when we saw Dames at Sea, which we saw, and there will be a review, a video review of soon... Leslie Margarita, yeah, the drowsy chaperone. Perfect. I was perfect. I thought about watching her because Dames at Sea. I don't want to go into it too much, but like it's a satire, so it has a similar feeling to to drowsy chaperone. And I was like, done. Yeah, I need Leslie Margarita to be the drowsy chaperone. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. And Laura Osnes as Janet Vandegraaff. That's pretty good. It is good. I I see that. It's like a little bit of her princess. But like a humor a little, there right, that she can right. work with. It's not as like gritty as we want to right. see her like Bonnie and Clyde. Right. But it's drowsy. So what are you going to do? Do you think we should just give up on our dream of I Laura Osnes getting gritty again? I think we have again? to, but it's maybe never not. Happen. It happened once. What if Bonnie and Clyde was the I'm only not gonna thing? I'm not going to hold out. Ugh. I'm not going to give up my dream. Come on, we Laura. Just, you just told me we could keep our dreaming our dreams. Yeah, keep dreaming yeah. the dream I'm that Laura Osnes will... Stop playing princesses. Mm. Andrew Rannells as Robert Martin. That's perfect. He's great. 
That's great. And oh, this one. This is so I knew good. you were going to like this one. Andy Carl is a dolphin. That's perfect. Ah, that's so good. Brilliant. So good. That's now, this casting. one's a stretch. Not in a bad way, but in a an availability <laughs> way. Right. Julie Andrews as Mrs. Tottendale. I don't who remember who Mrs. Tottendale is. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember what her name is. Um, but she was like the the one that kept forgetting who was with the butler uh, all the time. Okay. She sings the bonus track on the cast on recording. The cast recording. Huh. She was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. I need to look up what her name is right now. I can't deal with the IBDB app right now. It's being very frustrating. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, girl. You all know what her name is. You can look it up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. Allie Ashford as Kitty, which is great, That's but perfect. that role's too small for her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she would be fantastic. Yeah, she would it. be good. Yeah. Maybe this could be like a... You know, an encores thing. Oh, sure. Yeah, perfect. That That's the mm. way to get this cast in there. Absolutely. Because you wouldn't be able to get this entire cast no, in no, there no. for a production, but it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Victor Garber as Feldzig. A similar, a bit of a small role for right. him, but he'd be great. But fantastic. Yeah. And Brad Oscar as Underling. Great. I love, I love Brad, Brad Oscar. Jinx. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> We're so in sync this week. Ugh, I know. Uh, Patina Miller as Trix. That's great. I'm on board for it. That role is so great. I can think of 15 people that I would yeah, want to play that me role too. Right Me now. too. I just but saw Patina her Miller. in the Hunger Games and I was like, hey, it's oh, Patina right, Miller. Right, right, I know. Crazy, Good right? Good job, girl. Yeah. And a big movie getting like that. that. Movie yeah, role. Get that movie money. Yeah. And Andrew Keenan Bolger as George. Fantastic. Which I would be really excited to hit, say, hear him sing his like best man song. Yes. I'm George. I'm George. I'm best <laughs> man, George. Oh, oh I, I gotta put Drowsy on my phone so I can listen to it this week. Yeah, it's so good. It's such a great I really fucking love show. I love that show. This cast is insanity. Yeah, it's great. And well Sign done, me Luke. Up. I'd see it. I'd yeah. see it immediately. Absolutely. Carolee, 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 Carolee. Update. Carolee Carmelo found a toupee this week and took a bunch <laughs> of funny pictures with it. It's super excellent. Don't miss out. Check out her Instagram immediately. It's yeah. hilarious. At Carolee Carmelo. At Carolee Carmelo. Gosh, she's wonderful. Yeah. She's just... Also... Um, she posted a photo of someone who dressed up as her and also as Teal Wicks for Halloween, <laughs> which is great. That's funny. Yeah. I wish I knew what party those people went to. I think they and probably if, just wore those costumes and took a photo of it. That that would that would make sense, I guess. <laughs> like you did with your Kristen Cheno Wolf costume. Yeah. Did I I don't think you I went anywhere. Maybe any, went to work. I think I went to work in that costume yeah. and that was about it. Or, or like, like your Chicago Roxy Red tights. Oh, I did not like, walk out of my apartment right. in that. I just put it on and took a picture. Yeah. That's true. Because I hate <laughs> I hate parties. It's a lot. And people and loud noises. Yeah, but so. costumes are fun. But I love costumes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did that with my Elaine Stritch costume also. Mm-hmm. I wore it. I went to a party. I stayed for only long enough to take a picture Perfect. and then left. <laughs> Do you think Carolee dressed up for Halloween? God, she didn't post any photos. I mean, she must have though, right? Well, she had two shows that day. But she seems like the type of person that like loves Halloween she and like really loves that does. kind of and stuff. Would, like, dress you know? up. Yeah. 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 Carolee, if if you're listening to this <laughs> and you took photos of yourself in costume on Halloween, post yeah. them on Instagram. Yeah, let us know what you were. <laughs> Or if any of the rest of you were also Carolee Carmelo for Halloween, send us your photos. Yeah. My dream is to have a, a 
I have a lot of Broadway Halloween dreams. I want to mm. like have a, ha- a cat's Halloween party where oh, everyone sure. has to come dressed as a jellical cat. I like it. Um, I want to have like a Carolee Carmelo Halloween where you have to dress up as a character mm. that Carolee has played. That's fun. Like or like, that too. or like, or like an Audra McDonald Halloween where you, you have to dress up as Audra McDonald character. Theater fans love dressing up in costumes right. so you could even make right. those not halloween parties yeah that's true we could just have just like do a theme party oh my god you know what we should do next year what on beth level's birthday let's have a beth level party oh we should we should just have our own beth level party on monday i mean not that it matters well, i mean it's a year it's from monday. now maybe we'll uh, get a show together by then there you go yeah <laughs> yeah yeah now i'm like thinking what can i dress up with i want i want to dress up as um Oh gosh, I don't know. I was gonna say the chaperone because that's a fun costume. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to like go through her. I would want to wear. Roles. I would want to wear the elf finale costume. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want to wear that elf costume? Let's do this next year. We're gonna have a Beth Level Halloween party. Yeah, Beth Level birthday Halloween party, and everyone it. has to dress up as a Beth Level character. Oh, it's perfect. It's next to Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Great. It's settled. Perfect. We're doing this. Done. You're all invited. Yeah, we'll sell Unless tickets. it's at one of our houses. <laughs> then you can't come. <laughs> now it's time for the Laura Benanti Tweet of the Week. On October 31st at 5.34 p.m., Laura Benanti tweeted, Shout out to all you kids out there dressed in an obscure musical theater costume. You are my people. Hashtag Fosca forever. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. I don't think I ever did dress up as a musical theater costume. I've done a lot of like pop culture costumes. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever done a musical theater costume either. I can't think. I mean, I'm trying to think of what I've been the past few years. I was, what did I do I last year? was a newsie. Does did that even... count? It was yeah, before the musical, but oh, after the oh. movie. Mm, yeah. And it was especially obscure because nobody gave a shit about Newsies before the musical. What did I do for Halloween last year? That was junior year of high school. That's amazing. (laughs) I was Audrey Hepburn for high school or for Halloween in like middle school. Lost. There's a photo of me as a Newsie, but I can't. I haven't been able to find it. It's probably in my parents' basement somewhere Mm. or something. Oh my gosh! One of my Best Halloween memories from mm-hmm. high school. I dressed up as Karen from Will and Grace once. Perfect. Which was great because I was obsessed. And I had a, I bought like a plastic mm-hmm. martini glass and put like an olive and like some water in it, you know, and went to my friend's party. Yeah. And one of my friends, my friend who had the party, like her parent Uh-oh. was like, what's this? And I was like, it's my prop. I am Karen. I have a martini because yeah. I'm drunk. And she was like, okay, okay. And then like I turned around and like maybe later in the party or something i caught her like sniffing it i was like girl it's water i mean you yeah you could have just asked like to try it or to be like i hate to be that mom but right, can right, i just right, make right. sure but she like did it covertly but yeah that was a fun year that's funny what are some other fun halloween costumes i was daria that's pretty good um senior year of high school i was pippi Longstocking. freshman year of high school nice oh one year in college i was times square just Times Square. Yeah, it was just Times Square. That's funny. What did you wear? I wore, I like wore a black shirt, but I um, cut out or printed all of these uh, pictures from the internet of Times Square. <laughs> and like, I didn't have a laminator. Right, right. Sure. You know, but I like put tape on over, tape uh, over all of them, like packing tape so that they were. Homemade lamination. Yeah, exactly. So you. that they weren't uh, like. Papery and yeah, ripping. They weren't going to, yeah, be destroyed. 
and just like pinned them to myself. That's hilarious. And I had like the the one end on the front of me and the other end on the back, like, you know, the, oh, the Coke right, sign right, on one yeah. end and then the other one on the back. That's cool. And I bought one of those like braids that you clip in your hair that, but it lit up. Nice. It was like That's blinking. That's so funny. That's great. It was a fun costume. I, I haven't, I feel like I just haven't really put as much effort into my costumes in the, since basically since graduating high school, because in high school, it was like I had, you wore it I to had school. it somewhere. I had it to go to yeah. school. Like, even though I didn't participate really in parties, mm-hmm. I like yeah. wanted to put a good costume together for school. And, sure. you know, I guess now I could put it together for Instagram, but yeah. yesterday I just hung out at mm-hmm. home all day and didn't yeah. do anything. Well. You were you for Halloween. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. Rock on, theater nerds of the world and yeah. your weird costumes that nobody understands. Laura Benanti's got your back. Yeah. That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty, N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go, go see live theater. theater.